Thanks for tuning into the Replatform podcast sponsored by Attractive Hypersonics and hosted by me, James Gerd. Warm welcome if it's your first time on. We hope you enjoy it. Put a lot of time and effort to recording these episodes to give you this amazing guests and content. Help us keep it that way. Refer us to other people in your network. Let them know we exist. Share our social posts. And also give us a rating on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you're listening and watching, please. It really does help boost visibility. So let's set up today's topic and guest. So we are um, talking to Kukai's e-commerce product manager on uh, Tech Selection International, Omnichannel, and Shopify. And this is the second episode of our Amazing Women in E-commerce series, following on from the interview with Kind Laundry, uh, Kind Laundry's founder last week. Uh, so we'll cover um, various things like skills a product manager brings to e-commerce, operational considerations for multi-store, and omnichannel commerce um, as the, the business has recently soft-launched Kukai. Uh, so that'd be an interesting discussion today. So warm welcome to Sarah Valau, who's the e-commerce product manager at Kukai. How are you, Sarah? I'm well, thank you, James. Thanks so much for having me here today. Yeah, really looking forward to this one. A lot of people will have known of the Kukai brand. Um, it's been around for many years. Um, so I know we'll cover a bit of that in a moment. But first, congratulations on being named 2023 uh, honoree for Amazing Women in E-commerce. Um, amazing news. I'd love to know, how did you come across the, the Aoi um, community, I, I guess, what, what does it mean for you personally to be involved? Yes, um, no, it's such a such a, an amazing um, and a very, yeah, you know, really blown away by the uh, the honorary um, nomination this year and let alone being listed on um, such an, an incredible list and one that I personally did think that, you know, was probably achievable um, in that sense. It's um, so lovely to be named in amongst such incredible women that have um, really pioneered, um, you know, e-commerce in their various um, organisations, whether they're founders of their businesses or the likes of myself, where we are part of organisations uh, or brands that, um, you know, really look after e-commerce um, as a as a day-to-day job and, and are real passionate about e-commerce in general. So, I must thank um, the team at Search Springs, particularly Kate, for um, putting me forward. Um, Search Springs are a great p- partner of ours here at Cookide uh, for our e-commerce journey and our customer experience online. So it's such an honour to be named by a fellow honoree previously, um, to, as Kate was a 2022 honoree. Um, so thank you, Kate, and a big shout out to the team at Yacht Pro. Thank you again um, for having me on that um, incredible honoree list this year. And a big shout out to the Australian Yacht Pro team, uh, Carmel uh, Raj, who I come across quite a lot throughout the industry, industry events. So big shout out to them for um, having one of the Australian honorees on the list this year. And um, you've been at Kukai for um, 10 years, I think it's 10 years now, in diverse roles from HR to customer yeah. service and then into e-commerce in 2015. I think it'd be interesting for the people listening, like, how do you find your broader experience of the business benefits from an e-commerce point of view? Yes, so I'm going on to 10 years this year. In the next couple of weeks, I believe, I think my official 10th year anniversary is in two weeks' time, which um, is really exciting. And um, to be honest, I can't believe I am at a 10-year mark already, entering the prestigious Double Digits Club. I also feel like it's um, a almost racing these days to be probably at an organization as long as I have been but I'm super grateful to be um, approaching my 10th year milestone here at Cook Iron yeah as you mentioned James um, a few diverse roles I began my time at Cook Iron 
interestingly, as a human resources um, intern, I was at university studying my Bachelor of Commerce and I majored in human resource management. Um, and probably like many of our listeners and yourself as well, James, that, you know, um, at the time of going to uni, e-commerce wasn't something that you could study. Um, you, you know, there was, wasn't any courses or anything around it and, you know, not an awful lot, um, you know, that you could really hone into. So started at Cook Eye as a human resources intern, was doing admin work and, and supporting our human resources manager at the time um, and had the opportunity given to me to work in our retail stores as well, which was an incredible opportunity. And I guess one that really lays the foundation for um, for building your knowledge around the customer, most importantly, you know, being in store, working on the shop floor, interacting with our customers, um, you know, really delivering that exceptional customer service um, that we're really passionate about here at Cook Eye. Uh, really, I guess, ingrained early on in my time here at the brand was to really understand how important the customer is. And that really um, translates all throughout the business. And, you know, we're really listening to our customers when it comes to product feedback, when it comes to, you know, size, fit, um, the experience overall in store. It really laid, I think, um, a really important foundation and that has really carried um, through over the years. And, you know, when we're, when I'm at, in the position that I am in today um, from an e-commerce perspective and that omni-channel discussion that I know we will um, certainly come across today as well. It's really, um, I think, paramount and, and super, super beneficial to have that knowledge of that physical interaction with the customer, um, body language, tone, you know, and everything else that's encompassing of it. It is um, really vital and I think it's really not invaluable also. You know, there's really nothing like being in store, on the floor, working your Boxing Day sales, working your Black Friday sales, your end of financial year sales. And there's other promotional periods in the year where your volumes in store fluctuate and how you stuff up and how you um, deliver an exceptional service in store. Those elements really just are so crucial, I think, to, um, you know, when you're in meetings these days talking about the omnichannel experience, what's that omnichannel strategy for the business? What's the digital experience like? And you can't really beat having that store shop floor knowledge as well. And like you mentioned, that time in HR really helped, I guess, solidify, um, you know, really deepen my knowledge from a uh, structural organizational perspective, how that works, some of those business um, fundamentals, as well as people management, change management, and I guess um, some of the perhaps um, maybe drier, apologies to my HR um, colleagues, you know, when it comes to policies and procedures and those that are so crucial to running the business. Um, And spent a bit of time as well answering phones before e-commerce started at Cookeye as well. So on the phones, um, calling customers, emailing customers, taking phone orders and that was I guess another elevation to that customer experience on top of having that in-store experience um, being on the phone talking to customers over the phone sourcing product for them sending it to their homes Um, really for me I look back now and super grateful for the journey I have had as diverse as it has been as unconventional that it might um, seem to others it's not sort of your stock standard um, ABC career progression it um it really is an a, probably an unconventional way of landing into an e-com product management role but 
really has um, laid some solid foundations uh, for where I am today. Attract, your complete product discovery growth engine. Create relevant shopping experiences that convert into sales and grow online revenue with personalized search, merchandising and recommendation solutions powered by AI. Find out more at attract.com. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was at an event the other week and there was um, one, of, one of the directors was talking about the the critical need for staff to go into store and experience that um, that user piece. The thinking and what they're saying and what it's like for store staff because you can't think about bringing the digital experience in store all those user journeys if you don't understand what the customer needs. So, yeah, it's interesting to, to hear you say that. Uh, so that's Absolutely. Absolutely. And here at Cook, I, I was just, just going to add on um, as well here at Cook, I, um, I get our head office team about uh, probably 85 to 90% of our head office team have come from the shop floor. So, um, you know, it's a real credit to the succession um, career progression and succession planning in the business where, um, you know, you've got some key people in, in, um, in the business that started their journey on the shop floor. We've had an extensive experience there to really um, translate that customer um, journey all the way through and, and be really customer-centric and, and focused in that respect. Yeah, excellent. That is definitely a strength. Let's, um, let's start talking about the e-commerce and the technology bit. Um, so the first question I've got is going, to, is going to be actually around e-commerce technology selection because we always like to know, you know people – um, bring up, uh, build out engineering teams and build stuff in house and like to control it, or they use third parties, agencies, third party technology. Uh, what, what's what's your approach? Do you ever do you have engineering? Do you build things in house, develop in house, or do you focus on on using specialist third party tools like you mentioned, SearchSpring, for example? Yes, definitely. Uh, I think this question has come at a really good time. Something that within the business or within our department specifically, we've sort of been um, toiling over and really um, developing um, and, uh, you know, doing a lot of research in this area. And I guess discovering probably is the better word for it and it, discovering what is it, like you mentioned, is it um, investing in an all-encompassing solution that's um, that has all the, you know, that does everything for you in, in one particular solution or is it, like you said, um, investing in or partnering with um, solutions that really specialize in particular areas, functions that are critical to the e-commerce, digital and omnichannel um, strategy altogether. So I guess, yeah, when it comes to that um, approach, you know, for for us, like a tool like SearchSpring, you know, so crucial to the e-commerce uh, journey and specifically that, e that experience on site for the customer, how our filters work, how our search works, our team's ability to manage merchandising online in a very efficient way, um, as well as being able to showcase and um, to showcase how as a brand we would like to communicate or curate our content to our customers and having that alignment between that customer experience and also what are those brand um, guidelines we like to have to have that really nice balanced, I guess, um, approach to presenting um, product online for us. So I think internally, like you said earlier, we uh, recently launched Click and Collect, which is really exciting. 
a, a soft launch approach that we we took just within the last week and partnered with a solution that specialised in this specifically. Um, and a shout out to the guys at Stocking Store who we've partnered with. Stocking Store Power had still power our find install function, and we partnered with them to power our click and collect solution as well. So those two examples, I would say, are specific um, to your question um, when it comes to that technology selection. They're two critical partners in the business um, who specialize in those specific areas and are really dedicated from a resource time perspective um, where they specialize in those areas and can really give you the most value in terms of having that really you know, detailed, granular detail when it comes to a click and collect solution or a search solution, merchandising solution. And, you know, there are um, many other solutions out there, I guess, that are the master of, um, sorry, the jack of all trades, but sometimes the master of none, respectfully speaking. Um, and I think for a business, um, you know, depending on your size, the size of your business, the size of your team, also more importantly, I think is it's crucial to also select a solution that um, not only enhances your customer experience, um, evolves your business, but as well for your team, as large or lean as it may be, what are the efficiencies that you get out of partnering with this solution that could really help you use your time better um, in other aspects of your responsibility? So I think it's all about always about the customer, number one, two, how it evolves um, the business, the, the customer journey, as well as the business, and three, that employee experience and how you, um, as a manager and you and your team, manage that solution and gives you the most um, optimal efficiency optimization opportunities. Yeah, that's a really nice point, that, the, the employee piece. And I think sometimes businesses don't factor that in enough in terms of what the change management implications are mm-hmm. and how easy it will be day to day. If you dump a new tech on a team who are used to a way of working without bringing them on the journey and they ma- you make it harder for them to do day-to-day tasks, it's, it's very hard to make that technology land successfully. Absolutely. Let's talk about Shopify storefronts because uh, if I understand correctly, you, you've got, I think, four storefronts out on Shopify, which are separate instances. Um, is, there a, is there any reason you're not using Shopify markets? Because some, some brands have, have like moved from... Shopify separate stores into markets to get some like operational efficiencies. Others have kept it exactly how it was before. Um, what's your approach? Are you going to carry on with instances or are you looking at markets? Yeah, great question. Uh, one that has certainly been on the table for us um, uh, quite heavily in the last, I'd say, 12 months. I think um, I should add as well, Pukai uh, being an Australia women's fashion label, we do also have our European business um, and our, our second-hand office in France, in Paris, and our French team there also manage uh, the French, Swiss, and Spanish websites also. So when we're looking at it from a, an Australian perspective, yes, you're correct here. We do manage our Australian, New Zealand, US, and UK websites from Australia, um, and we are you know, really toiling out and, I guess, mapping out what that looks like for us in the future, whether that is a a single site approach uh, across the Southern Hemisphere and the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and I guess really sort of um, working through different solutions or different um, 
scenarios where um, what does that e-commerce journey look like for the brand globally as well? We're super conscious that, you know, we do have two parts of the world um, it, within the business and, you know, time seasons can vary quite a fair bit. Um, for us, historically, the approach when we did begin e-commerce at Cookai about eight years ago now, I believe, if I remember correctly, we began with the first store being um, cookai.com.au, our Australian site. Um, so for, from that, I think when we did turn on the e-commerce button, so to speak, it was just the one website and that grew to um, the New Zealand and then the other two following on from that. So it was really, I guess, at a time where one Shopify markets uh, wasn't available. And I think at a time where Shopify required some extensive customization to, I guess, allow for a somewhat, you know, uh, semi-streamlined um, global website. And and a credit to Shopify as well. You know, they've really evolved uh, their products over the years from I know from when we first began e-commerce um, to where we are now, you know, we have seen so much change and the feedback Shopify really takes on from their customers and being able to work with them and uh, work through your specific use cases and, you know, really seeing those changes come come through over time has been really nice. And I think we also, um, you know, have the the likes of your headless e-com and, and all those sorts of things that, are constantly, I think, you know, trending or not trending, you know, it's always something that's spoken about within the industry. And there's also that element to that um, discussion as well. But yeah, I think for us, um, really working through what that look, what that strategy or that vision looks like for e-commerce globally um, and sort of, yeah, toiling through those different scenarios and yeah, really how we can leverage Shopify and use that to really um, achieve that long-term global vision for the brand. Hypersonics helps e-commerce companies make more profit every day. This AI-driven platform delivers recommendations for pricing and inventory that lead to bigger profits. Visit hypersonics.ai forward slash podcast to get a free trial. And I also know that you're using uh, Signify for fraud management, and I've worked with them. On, I've, I've worked with clients who've used it on different for different reasons. Some use it purely for fraud management because um, they're at high risk um, of potential chargebacks, and others I know use it because they get a lot of de- declines in payments. And actually, the the machine learning um, side of it helps them to increase acceptance rates and therefore get better conversion. So I'd love to know what's what role does the Signify play for you? Is because Shopify Payments natively has got got decent fraud screen in it. So, are you using it for fraud or increased acceptance rates? And, and how have you found it? Yeah, well, we um, we have both. Yes, like you mentioned, we've got both. Um, uh, you know, in tow with one another. And for us, um, still relatively new to Shopify Payments and. The migration to Shopify payments in general has really, um, really enhanced that experience on site, being able to offer the likes of accelerated checkout um, and access to ShopPay as well, which has been really beneficial for our customers and um, seen some really um, good metrics around that from a conversion perspective and um, visitors perspective also. Um, but on the note of fraud prevention, I think um, for us as a business, still being relatively new to Shopify payments, it's it has been beneficial for us to 
um, still have signified in play um, and kind of have both sort of almost account for each other where where perhaps we've had some instances where, um, you know, the acceptance might not have been on, um, you know, but not, not had the green lights through Shopify payments and being able to also then, like you mentioned, up the acceptance rate there and sort of um, um, put that through signified and, and see what kind of comes out. So, you know, it's it's something that we are in the midst of evaluating and um, but also at the same time we, you know, really see them sort of complement one another almost, I guess. So it's been an interesting um, an interesting um, journey having both in play at the moment but something that, yeah, I think sort of uh, long-term will um, re-evaluate but really has been nice to have a, a seamless journey when it has come to these fraud prevention um, situations. We've had a, um, you know, a fairly good run, I would say, touch wood. But yes, it's been great to have both sort of um, account for one another. Yeah, it's interesting. I once saw a project where the the, the business case for um, investment signified was purely on acceptance rate increases. They had so many declines through the, the, the standard um, like fraud management that they were losing a lot of money. So yeah, it, interesting. It can be a very powerful tool at scale. Um, also, another technology you use, yeah. I'm not surprised by this, because you're on Shopify is Clavio for marketing automation and and um, campaigns. I'd love to hear what what automations do you use it for? Like what sort of campaigns and what impact have you seen by using Clavio? Yeah, Clavio. Um, yes, exactly. We partnered with Clavio now for I think three over three years, or probably just a little bit longer than that. Um, and really, well, the CRM um, discussions and marketing campaigns from a segmentation piece has been a real focus for us in the business at the moment and really being able to um, slice and dice our data and, you know, send, um, have the right messages go out to our customers based on their segments. And for us as a business, um, very conscious as well of our install data also, and we've got that to be extremely mindful of. And so when we're looking at that piece, we're looking at our e-commerce customers, as well as bringing in our in-store data as well and having that unified customer view um, and that unified customer profile. So, you know, really working through that and looking at, um, you know, high spenders, our welcome series, our SMS subscribers, um, some of our win-back campaigns as well. Um, and really now our focus on um, on email marketing is is really that, yeah, that segmentation piece and um, really, yeah, slicing and dicing. And that's something that I'm really excited to see um, that strategy evolve um, and really come into fruition over the next few months. So, yeah, stay tuned. There's some exciting things coming up there um, from a messaging point of view. And so you say about bring, you bring in the, the stored data and the e-commerce data to, to help with the better campaigns. Um, what sort of campaigns do you do for people who shop it across the different channels or is it is it you you're not there yet because you're just doing the analysis piece now yeah there's there's a bit of both there's a bit of both going on i think we've got a, a good uh, base foundation at the moment for all that um both in e-com and install data piece but i think as well it's you know the old uh discussion or the old um task of ensuring that the data that's coming through from both uh, both sides of both channels uh, as clean as it can be and they're really unifying and you know not having duplicate profiles or not having a 
look at profile of a customer that's shopped on both channels and ensuring that that's all marrying up quite nicely and kind of working through that and really then from there um, sort of really then that intense slice and dice of your segments and then, you know, um, carrying on through that journey from there. So certainly one that um, I guess hasn't been an easy, um, you know, quick turnaround, you know, piece of, of ensuring that your data is as optimal as it can be. But um, I think like any business, you know, data is data is key, data is king almost. And it's, you know, really ensuring that you're um, using, getting getting clean data or unifying that customer view really most importantly across both channels. And we talked about, oh, you, sorry, you talked about um, briefly omni-channel earlier um, in KKI and what uh, how what technology you've used and that you've soft launched click and collect i'd love to know like what what's next what what services are you where do you see the future what do you want to evolve into and what would like a good customer experience look like yes absolutely well i think as well um like we mentioned um you know previously that overall what does that overall global e-commerce experience look like for Cook Eye. I think that's one that's super exciting with probably quite a few unknowns still attached to it. And one that I think having a, a round table in the business with uh, the key stakeholders, of the business um, in the room and, you know, really um, working through with them what that global e-commerce vision is for that. I should say as well, um, I should mention, sorry, that Cook Eye is also a, um, a family family-owned business. So we do have a family behind um, behind the Kukai brand who are so instrumental in, in the day-to-day running of the business, not only here in Australia, but across France as well. So really grateful and fortunate to have them um, here working alongside us all and really working together to achieve these goals and to really evolve uh, the overall business across the globe. Um, like we mentioned, yes, Click and Collect has launched. It'd be great to, um, really exciting to see that and how that evolves over the next few weeks and into the coming months, particularly with the likes of Black Friday coming up and that peak Christmas period where gifting is, um, is paramount and for customers like ours, um, you know, gifting, um, is, is a huge thing at that time of the year throughout that peak period. I think the other thing as well. Also is, um, you know, what does um, fulfillment, those fulfillment discussions look like? Um, what does, um, is it fulfilled from store? Is it um, fulfilling um, in-house? We currently partner with the 3PL. So we're always looking at, um, you know, um, how do we get our products or how do we get customer orders to customers as quickly as, they, as, as we can? And what's the fastest way to get it to our customers? And in a day and age where um, we're in a day and age of, you know, needed now, what's it now almost, you know, convenience is is paramount and uh, how we are able to service our customers and really deliver um, deliver their orders to them as, as quickly as we can. So those sorts of elements I think are, um, are also crucial. And in saying that when it comes to that overall fulfilment piece, um, Cookeye is a vertically integrated business um, with its own manufacturing, its own manufacturing facilities in Fiji and Sri Lanka. So um, overall as a business, um, you know, really looking at um, the overall fulfillment piece as well from a store replenishment perspective, um, having having our own factories as well, we're able to partner with them 
um, quite closely and and really um, drive new initiatives, um, implement new solutions across the manufacturing business, like the likes of RFID that we do have implemented across our retail stores. Um, so having that being also implemented in our factories has been um, a great win for the business and from a stock accuracy perspective has really, um, you know, given um, a lot of peace of mind. I know stock accuracy across many businesses is, um, you know, is always a, a fun one to deal with, I think. And with the likes of the end of financial year coming up as well here in Australia, June 30 is fast approaching and, you know, it's um, it's it's crunch time for many finance departments, I think, all across various businesses Um to you know, get those stock holdings um, down packed and and all those conversations around it, and even from a cl- click going back to the click and collect point, because we have RFID implemented within our retail stores, you know we are really fortunate to have that accurate stock on hand data feeding through to our website um, quite regularly throughout the day, uh, you know, and, and being able to really have that opportunity to sell that last unit um, and it really stretched out as far as we can um, because of the, the great technology of the likes of RFID and the accuracy that comes with it. Amazing. No, that's really interesting. I just jotted down a question that there were other projects in the the stock and the warehousing side that were linked to this omnichannel. So amazing. It's almost like you read my mind and you've answered the question already. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, you're right. You can come up with all of these policies and services but if the stock management is not accurate it screws it over this I've, I've seen this before where people have really struggled with the whole um like store stock online pick up and in, in store and actually do you know what the, the item's not there anymore and, and that's not good for your customer experience yes uh, sarah that's wonderful um that's covered all the questions i wanted to ask today i really enjoyed i really enjoyed listening about the rfid bit at the end it's, i've seen more and more people go down that route so but really appreciate appreciate you uh, um, taking time. I know it's Friday, coming up towards late Friday afternoon for you over in Melbourne. So um, any any fun plans? Weekend? It is. It is. <laughs> Not too much. It's been a big week launching Click and Collect here. Really exciting. So um, um, probably in true e-commerce style, I'll certainly be watching the Click and Collect orders over the weekend. We're a few days in, and so we're all very excited. Yeah seeing them all come through and, um, you know, watching our, um, watching the collection emails come through, like great to see our customers collecting um, and, you know, having, um, you know, starting their, their journey online with their product and their orders and going into store, picking up their orders and, and having that um, in-store experience as well with our team installed. So super excited to um, see those numbers come through over the weekend. Excellent. Um, so no sleep for you over the weekend watching the ticker coming. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, and also thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Thank you. Europe, so final, well, yeah, keep your ear open, everyone listening, for the final um, part of our Amazing Women in e-commerce series that drops next week with Astrid and Miu. And do remember to give us that rating on Apple, Spotify or YouTube, please. It does help us with our visibility. Take care, everybody. For more information on this topic, head over to replatform.fm for our audio podcasts. To discuss a project, or if you'd like to chat about any of the topics covered in this episode in more detail, please reach out to myself, James Gerd, or my co-host, Paul Rogers, via LinkedIn and Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and keep your ears peeled for the next episode.